Welcome to the Fasting Well podcast. This is episode number 26, and today I'll be talking about what kinds of food to eat on a ketogenic diet, or also known as keto or low-carb, high-fat diet. So what kinds of food uh, can you eat, and what are some different combinations and ways to approach it, and so forth? In the previous episode, which was number 25, I talked about the ketogenic diet in general and tried to break it down into just the really simple explanation. And that included the background of keto, kind of how long has it been around, what what have people used it for in the past, um, how does it work, what kind of health benefits can you get from it, how do you get started, tips for beginners to be successful and avoid common pitfalls, and, and and even what kind of food to eat. I kind of gave you a preview about that there. But I'm going to talk a little bit more about the type of food here. I'm sure you have some ideas, and maybe you've even already done it in the past, but in case you're not sure or you want more ideas, here you go. Now, I've also written a blog post on this topic, which is a list of uh, 47 different quick and easy keto food options. So I'll put a link to that in the show notes and the episode description. I also summarized the food options on just one page as a PDF, and if you want to, you can download that from the show notes page for this podcast episode, and it has all the foods kind of summarized by category, so you can use that for a quick review or maybe take it with you to the grocery store. So if you want to download that, just head over to the show notes page, and there's a link to that in your app as usual. But if you prefer to listen, or if you just want to get kind of an overview first and then go look at the blog post, then Let's talk about it. So as a reminder, if you're going to start a ketogenic diet, what you do is you basically gradually reduce the amount of sugar, starch, and grains that you're eating and replace that with other types of food. And the other foods can be protein sources like meat, fish, poultry, eggs, can be lots of vegetables, lots of green vegetables or vegetables that grow above the ground. Uh, It can also be things like nuts and seeds. And there are others as well. So I'm going to go through a whole bunch of those during this episode. Now, I mostly focus on real food, actual whole foods and things that you can eat on a ketogenic diet. Um, Of course, there's a whole bunch of, you know, recipes out there that you can do. And some of them use kind of funny ingredients, uh, sometimes really processed stuff or a lot of artificial sweeteners and this and that. And you can do that if you want, but that's not what I'm going to focus on. Because my approach to keto is usually doing kind of more normal, real food and just finding things that are relatively convenient, pretty easy to cook and just mix together and so forth. So that's what I'm going to be explaining today. Now, I'm going to mention this again later, but one thing that I find really valuable and important when it comes to cooking, especially with low carb foods, is to remember to include plenty of salt and seasonings. And I think it varies a lot. It depends on your experience with cooking. Some people are really comfortable with what kind of seasonings to use and other people are not. And either way, it's maybe a good reminder to to use almost more salt than you would normally use when you're preparing food. And one reason is so it'll taste good. And the other one is because your body generally needs more salt when you start a ketogenic diet, as I explained in the previous episode. Um, I also explained more about the reason behind that and so forth in episode 20, which was all about salt and electrolytes. So if you need kind of a refresher on that, go back to episode 20. But with that being said, let's go ahead and get into some of the food. So what do you eat on a ketogenic diet? Um, So I'm going to go through some different categories. I'm going to share some examples and maybe a little bit of personal experience about what I've done specifically with some of these types of food. 
So I'm trying to break it down in a way that's easy to remember and easy to understand. And so the first category um, is protein sources. So when you think of protein sources, of course, they're not just protein, like they'll usually have some fat and occasionally even have a little bit of carbohydrate in them. But you usually think of them as protein sources, right? Like meat, fish, poultry, eggs, and dairy, um, not including milk in this case, but other dairy stuff like cheese, etc. So let's talk a little bit about some of those. So obviously with meat, there's a, a thousand different kinds. Sometimes if you're doing keto, it's kind of better to go towards the fattier types so you get a little extra fat with your protein. Some examples of that do include bacon, salami, pepperoni, and I've often used those as either part of a meal or just sort of like a snack on keto. But even just regular cuts of meat, like different steaks and things or, or whatnot, can have some extra fat on them. So don't be afraid of the fat. That's kind of a good thing in, in this case. Um, in the case of poultry, it usually doesn't have as much fat, um, but you know maybe leave the skin on or, or things like that. Eggs have some fat with them. And, and then certainly if you eat something like cheese, and there are a million kinds of cheese, right? But if you get something like cheese, then of course it's, it's mostly fat and protein. It doesn't really have a lot of carbohydrates. Um, in regard to fish, one thing I do that's very convenient, very easy, not everybody likes this, but I eat sardines on a regular basis. Sardines, of course, come in a can, and so there's these small fish usually packed in olive oil or something like that. And it's kind of an acquired taste. I didn't love it at first, but I've kind of learned to like it enough, and it's so convenient and healthy that, that I still eat it on a regular basis, even though I don't love it. Now, in addition to all those protein sources, so that was kind of the first big category, the next one is vegetables. So, you know, just because you're doing low carb doesn't mean you, all you eat is like meat and, um, you know, uh, bacon and eggs or something like that. Uh, that's kind of a misconception about the ketogenic diet sometimes. Um, but you can eat all sorts of vegetables. Um, these above ground vegetables, these green vegetables, those are two ways that people sometimes categorize them. And there's a little bit of overlap. But the main, the main ones you would avoid would be the starchy vegetables, right? Like potatoes and all the different potato products, sweet potatoes, corn. Those are the most starchy vegetables, I think, that are out there. There are some others that are sort of moderate, but for the most part, all the other vegetables are pretty much okay. And, and if it's one that has a little bit more of a sweet taste or seems a little more starchy, then you wouldn't want to go totally crazy. But if it's something like spinach or broccoli, you're basically never going to eat enough spinach or broccoli to, to really get like a huge amount of carbohydrates. Um, I mean, unless you're doing some really fancy preparation where you cook it and all this stuff. But but in general, it's hard to eat enough green vegetables to really get a lot of carbs because they're just not that starchy. So you can eat a lot of non-starchy vegetables, a lot of these above-ground vegetables. So, so far, if you think about the first category, which was protein sources, and the second category, which was vegetables, that alone can produce a lot of meals. Think about a steak with a salad or something like that. So you already have a ton of options just with that. And I'll talk more about some of the combinations later on. Now, another broad category, and this is kind of an inter interesting way to frame it that based on something I heard recently, uh, I'm going to mention fruits. So what about fruits? What kind of fruits would you eat on a ketogenic diet? So as, you, as I'm sure you know, some types of fruit have a lot of sugar. The ones that taste sweet have sugar. Um, but there are other kinds of fruit that don't have as much sugar, such as berries. So blueberries, strawberries, 
blackberries, raspberries, and others are certainly fine in moderation. This isn't something where you would just eat unlimited amounts, but having some from time to time would be a a nutritious thing to include in a low-carb diet. But you mostly wouldn't do things like, you know, oranges and bananas that are super sugary, right? Because you'd get like 20 grams of sugar from from each banana or whatever. So it's like, that's a lot. Um, So anything that tastes really sweet, just kind of either you're going to avoid it or you're going to do it in just extreme moderation. So another subcategory of fruit that you wouldn't necessarily think about are things like avocados, which are technically fruit. So avocados are mostly fat, a lot of monounsaturated fat, a lot of fiber, a little bit of carb, but some of the carb in it is fiber, which you don't really digest. Um, so uh, So the composite amount of carbohydrates that you actually digest and absorb from an avocado is very low. So avocados are a great food on a low carb diet. A couple other fruits are coconuts and olives. So again, you wouldn't really think of these when you hear the word fruit, um, but, uh, but I think they both technically fall into the fruit category. Um, so of course, if you were going to eat coconut, that's fine, but usually people are using something like coconut oil, um, which is a really good fat source on a ketogenic diet, or olive oil, as well as the avocado oil. Um, but you can certainly eat olives um, as well as avocado oil. And with all those oils, um, ideally you want to have them be relatively unprocessed. So that's where you get the extra virgin olive oil, the virgin coconut oil, because I don't think they use the phrase extra virgin for coconut oil. And the same thing with um, avocado oil, you want it to be relatively unprocessed. And keep in mind, there's a lot of fraud in the olive oil industry. There's a lot of companies out there trying to, to give you some knockoff oil that's not really pure. Um, So just try to make sure you're getting it from a reputable company. So a couple other categories on a ketogenic diet are nuts. So if you think about nuts, there are a whole bunch of different ones. And in general, nuts are relatively high in fat, and they have a low to moderate amount of carbs and protein. But even the carbs that they do have are absorbed more slowly, which makes it better. And they have a bit of fiber, which, which kind of counteracts some of the carbs in them. So things like almonds, cashews, pistachios, which you know, slightly more carbs, but it's not that big of a deal, especially when you're starting out. And then the ones that are really high in fat and low in carbs are your macadamia nuts, pecans, and walnuts. So those last three, those are the ones that like have about 90% of the calories from fat in the case of macadamia nuts and pecans, and maybe about 80 or 85% in the case of walnuts. So those are very high in fat and low in carbs, which is kind of perfect for a ketogenic diet. But certainly the other ones like the, like the cashews and the pistachios and the almonds and, and others are, are reasonable to use on a ketogenic diet, especially during the early phase when you're kind of just transitioning and letting, letting your body adapt to this new way of eating. Another category, which is a little bit similar to nuts, is seeds. So when I say seeds, I don't know what that conjures up in your mind. But what I'm thinking of are things like chia seeds, flax seed, hemp seeds, sunflower seeds. So most of these seeds are pretty high in fat. Some of them have a decent amount of protein, some of them not so much. Some of them have a lot of fiber, like chia seeds. Uh, Some of them have omega-3 fatty acids, which are good. And then they're relatively low in carbs. And, the, and just like nuts, the carbs that they do have are going to be absorbed slowly, if at all, 
so they're usually not going to really like raise your blood sugar or your insulin levels that much. So they're, they're kind of a reasonable thing to include with a ketogenic diet. So to recap, the big broad categories that I talked about were protein sources like the meat, fish, poultry, eggs, and dairy. Um, the green vegetables or above ground vegetables, which there are a million different kinds, right? Uh, I didn't mention too many examples, so maybe I'll mention a couple more onions, peppers, tomatoes, celery, broccoli, and other cruciferous vegetables, all the leafy greens, spinach, kale, etc., and a bunch more that I haven't listed. Also, fruits. Uh, so uh, I mentioned the low sugar berries as a good fruit of the type of fruit you would actually think of as fruit, but then things that you wouldn't really think of as fruit, but technically they are, like avocados, coconut, and olives, and then the oil that comes from them in a relatively unprocessed version. Also nuts, and there are many different types of nuts, as well as seeds. So now, what are you going to do with all this? So I know some people hear this list and they're like, okay, but how do I make it into a meal? You know, how do I make pasta, you know, spaghetti and have breadsticks? And they're like, well, (laughs) remember, this is a low-carb diet, so you're probably not going to have the exact same kinds of meals that you're used to in some cases. But there are a few different ways to think of it um, that make it relatively easy to come up with meals based on this list of foods. So I'm going to give you three examples. And those three examples, they're all very flexible, like you could mix and match and replace different components of them with other things. But there are three things that you would think of as a meal, um, at least the first two in particular, that you could easily kind of adapt to your own tastes. And as I said near the beginning, um, one Often a missing link, if you're someone who doesn't do a lot of cooking or hasn't done a lot of cooking, often a missing link when you start trying to create some food, uh, some create a meal out of these kind of low-carb, high-fat types of food, is the salt and the seasoning. So don't hold back on the salt and the seasoning. You know, give it enough so that it tastes good. You know, enough flavor, enough salt, and because your body kind of needs more salt anyway. So a lot of things that are kind of bland at the beginning taste pretty good once you add some salt and some seasoning. So example number one of these three examples that I'm going to share. The first one is a protein source like meat. So let's just say a steak, but it could also be a fi- uh, some kind of fish or poultry or whatever. A steak with a salad. So the salad could include many, any of many different types of vegetables. So let's just say spinach, tomatoes, onions, bell peppers, throw some nuts on there, why not? Um, And then some salad dressing, which maybe ideally you want to make yourself because most store-bought salad dressings have a bunch of unhealthy types of oil in them, like the soybean oil and the um, canola oil, for example. And this is kind of a tangent, but I talked more about that in um, episode uh, 23, I guess it was. Um, about different types of uh, fat that are good for you or not so good for you. Um, So that's why I mentioned making your own salad dressing. But anyway, let's just say it's a big juicy steak with a salad, and the salad could have many different components. And then you could take an avocado and either cut that up and either put it on your salad or just put it on the side kind of with the steak and the salad. So that's a nice, big, hearty meal. Um, And of course, with that, you would add salt and seasonings. You know, if you were making your own salad dressing, that would include some salt and seasonings, but you would add salt and seasonings to the steak or whatever your protein source is, as well as to the salad. Um, Keep adding it until it tastes good. And 
the avocado could use some extra salt as well. So with everything, whenever you're making food, especially on a low-carb diet, you want to think of adding plenty of salt and seasoning. Another reminder that's really relevant to this is don't hold back. Eat plenty of food. Eat until you're comfortably stuffed. I've seen it quite a few times where people switch to keto and then they tell me that they eat and then they get hungry again really soon. Um, And I think one of the reasons for that may not be the only reason, but one reason is because a lot of people are so used to dieting and they're kind of afraid of fat or they they just have this kind of mental block where they don't want to consume very much fat. So a lot of times maybe they're unconsciously just not eating very much food when they do keto. So I would tell people when you first start, At each meal, just eat until you're comfortably stuffed Um, so you get plenty of food. And if you do that, I don't think you're going to get hungry again for quite a while. Now, in the early, early stages, you might still have some of the energy lulls that we call keto flu just while your body's adapting. But that's why you don't have to switch to like zero carbs on the first day or anything. You just do it gradually, kind of ease into it. So this was the steak, salad, avocado, or another protein source. And lots of different things can be used in the salad. You know, add plenty of salt and seasonings, eat plenty of it, and that's a really hearty meal that's going to keep you full for a long time. And because it has plenty of protein, that's an advantage because, you know, if you're trying to build muscle or maintain some strength in your body, um, just maintain your lean body mass in general, then getting that high quality protein that you would get from a steak, for example, is a really great thing. Okay, so the second example includes eggs and is a little bit some people would think of it like breakfast food but it doesn't have to be breakfast sort of like making an omelet but uh, when I do this I don't really cook it like an omelet though so the way I would do it is I would use something like I start with coconut oil in the pan and then saute some vegetables so whatever vegetables for example um, onions and peppers but you could use other ones sometimes kind of saute those in the oil cook them until they're tender and maybe not too wet because you don't want too much water in the pan. And then you could optionally add something like sausage if you wanted to for flavor and for some extra protein um, and kind of mix that in next. And then you would add some eggs. And at various stages of the process, you can add some salt and seasonings. What kind of seasonings? If you're not familiar, uh, for example, not only black pepper, which is the most common seasoning that we use, but also paprika is really good on eggs. Uh, cumin is really useful as something that's just a little bit spicy and adds some nice flavor, and also curry powder. So those are a few examples that are really versatile. You can put those on a lot of different kinds of foods, and they work pretty well. So if you dial in the salt and the seasonings, then food like this can be extremely delicious. But if you don't use any salt or seasonings, then it might be kind of bland and kind of boring. So so that's a huge variable um, that takes a little practice, but can be really useful once you get the hang of it. And just like with the first example, eat enough, eat until you're comfortably stuffed at your meal so that you won't feel like you need a lot of snacks in between. And if it's your last meal of the day, so you feel like you can be, you know, satisfied or not feel like you have to eat again until breakfast the next morning or whenever you're going to eat again. The third example I wanted to share is um, kind of like like a cheese platter, you might call it, but there are various low-carb foods that you can combine on a plate and get enough of them to make a full meal if you want to, and uh, it doesn't require any cooking, actually. So, for example, this could be slices of cheese with Any kind of cheese is fine with nuts, uh, lots of different kinds of nuts. 
pick any that you like, like cashews are great with cheese, pistachios, pecans, if you want something that's a little higher in fat and lower in carbs. Other things that go really well with this are olives, certain vegetables or tomatoes, and berries like blueberries or strawberries or blackberries. So those options work well. And then there's a different version of this um, that sometimes I think of like, it's almost like a low carb pizza and you can combine, combine different things on a plate and sort of have a, it's almost like eating pizza, but you're not actually cooking anything and you're not, you know, getting all the, you know, white flour that would be in the crust from a pizza. So the way you would do that is the nuts are sort of like the crust. So you would have like some pistachios, for example, and then you have cheese you slice a tomato, so that's kind of like the tomato sauce. And then you could have olives if you like olives. You can add pepperoni to your plate, and then all of a sudden it tastes a lot more like pizza. <laughs> like the, It's the most popular topping on pizza, so yeah. And there are various other things that would be that you could add to that as well, like bell peppers, onions. Well, I guess onions is a little weird, but like the bell peppers for sure. So when you combine those things together... It's kind of like low-carb pizza, but it's way easier than any sort of low-carb pizza that you, that you would cook because all this would take is a little bit of chopping a few things up and grabbing a few things out of the package, and voila, you're done. So those were three different examples of food combinations. Each of them is very flexible in terms of what you actually include, but they're just some logical combos that... Um, you can get a nice full meal. You can eat until you're comfortably stuffed. Um, when applicable, you can add lots of salt and seasonings until it tastes really good. Even on that cheese platter, you'd add the salt to things like the tomato slices. Um, the olives already have a fair amount of sodium in them, so that's good. Sometimes the cheese does. So depending on what's on your plate, you can always salt it or add seasoning if it, if it can potentially make sense. All right, so I hope that was helpful. Now, there are a million more combinations. But this is a way to do keto where it's relatively whole food, real food, and not a bunch of like over-processed ingredients that you're trying to make into some fake bread or some fake pasta or, or whatever it is. And it's also a lot less work if you do it the way that I explained versus if you're making a bunch of complicated keto recipes. Now, if you want to do that, be my guess, but I'm just saying. <laughs> so combine different options. Don't forget the salt and the seasoning. Eat until you're comfortably stuffed so you won't get hungry right away. And if you want to not only review the options that I talked about, but see even more options of what you could eat on a low-carb ketogenic diet, then check out that blog post that I mentioned at the beginning. So that's 47 quick and simple and easy ketogenic foods or keto foods. And I'll put a link to that in the uh, episode description on your podcast app, as well as the show notes on my website. I also have that PDF that's a one-page summary of the food options organized by category, and you can download that one from the show notes page. So after you're done listening to this and maybe go check out that blog post, then pick a few food options, make a list, go to the store, unless you already have our, all of them in your house, and try something, uh, maybe something that you haven't tried before in terms of low-carb foods, and maybe use this as a tool so that you can replace some of the more starchy foods in your diet with some of these relatively low-carb or unprocessed foods that I've mentioned. And by doing that, you'll likely get a benefit if you're one of the many, many people who has either prediabetes or diabetes or any of the related health conditions like high blood pressure, 
polycystic ovary syndrome, and of course, metabolic syndrome, which has, it includes some of those same things along with um, having extra belly fat and certain types of you know, abnormal cholesterol levels and things, particularly high triglycerides, if you've heard of that. That's one of the main ones that matters for metabolic syndrome as well as low HDL. Um, but anyway, if you have any of those kind of health issues, you can probably benefit from replacing some of the more starchy foods in your diet with some of these kind of foods that I mentioned today. If you found this information valuable and you have 30 seconds to spare, please go leave a review, ideally on Apple Podcasts. That's where most most people would see it, where more people would see it, and where it helps the most to, to get the word out. So if you're on an Apple device, it probably doesn't take more than about 30 seconds to just tap around and, and find where to do that. And there are some other platforms as well, some other apps and websites that let you um, leave reviews. So if possible, please do that so that um, so that, that app will end up recommending this podcast to more people so more people can hear about it and more people can have the tools that they need to improve their health and kind of take control of their health. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time on the Fasting Well podcast. The Fasting Well podcast is not medical advice and does not replace the need to consult with your own medical providers.